I recognize Leah however she wants to be recognized. And, and Leah is a female. I think that as far as the information that I have and as far as the emotion that I have based on a female swimmer, a biological female swimmer, I think that she should be allowed to wear, dress, act, say however she wants. But as a biological male, I don't think that we have enough information yet to allow her to compete against biological females. Welcome to this edition of Road Trippin' with RJ and Channing. I'm your host, Allie Clifton. And our guest today, super stoked. Uh, She's a two-time gold medalist. She is a world record holder. Say that nine times fast. Um, And she's just an overall wonderful human being. She's a friend of the show. Ariana Kukor-Smith joins us. Hi, how are you? What up, what up? Hi, guys. This is fun. Um, so as you mentioned, you said that people would know you in the swim world as Ariana Kukors, of course. Um, I want to know yep. if Channing knows what you are a gold medalist in, in terms of events, and what world record she held. Because oh. Channing, we raced at one time in a pool. You and I did. <laughs> you guys did? We did. Her, yeah, I smoked Allie. Smoked no. Allie. I grew up in Eras. Oh, yeah. So freestyle and butterfly, it's a little easier. Freestyle, butterfly is a lot easier. Yo, well, I grew up in Arizona. You got to have a pool. And then my wife played. uh, That's not true. That's not true. That's not true, Channing. I grew up in Arizona and didn't have a pool. My bad, Richard. We happen to find something. (laughs) Damn. Uh, No, no. And my. I know, right out of the gates. And then my wife played uh, water polo for a little bit, and her whole family swims. They still swim, like, do, like, meets out here in Oregon, like uh, oh. generational meets, which is wild. Yeah, it's they're like, come swim for a pool. I was like, oh, how many laps? Like, 10? They were like, 10. They were like, no, like, 200. I was like, 200 what? I said, no, I'm cool. I'm cool with y'all. Hours they're out there. Well, people ask me all the time. They're like, oh, so you probably still swim for fun. I'm like, I just got the chlorine out of my hair. Like, I'm not getting back in that thing. No. No. Okay, when was the last time you played basketball? Ooh, last time I retired? <laughs> like ran up and down? Richard, I tried to play pickleball yesterday, which is obviously a lot of fun. And my calves are sore. We were playing ones and we were, I was out there drenched. I felt like Rafael Nadal Jackson. Like, put my towel on. Okay, here we go. What is your? What did you win? I know you avoided the you avoided the question, but I, I no, no, no. Here, really we go. Job, here we go. Yeah. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, I'm gonna say you see my shoulders. Yeah, I do need to see the shoulders. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say you look like a sprinter. I'm gonna say I don't know the technical term. What is that? Uh, down and back two times. Oh, what is that? Geez. My God, oh, that's it's not good. Just go to town. Also, if if you were. <laughs> if you were to see my height, you would go back on the sprinter thing real fast. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, long distance. You did the mile. <laughs> the mile. <laughs> no, thank you. No, th- right okay, 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 okay. The five hundred. Yes. No. Uh, our, our, yeah, Arnie's a normal size. Two hundred individual medley. Oh, you had so, to do all which one means lap what, of everything. You got to do a lap stroke? of everything. So the breaststroke, the butterfly, the backstroke. <laughs> 
Uh, what's the last one? Freestyle. Yeah, freestyle. freestyle. There we go. Freestyle. There we go. Did you forget the easiest yeah. one. Yeah. You forget the easiest. I just one. assume, right? Doggy paddle that joint. <laughs> so funny. It feels like a lifetime ago, though. <laughs> yeah. When did you retire? 2012. So right after the Olympics. So I missed the Olympic team in 2008 by a fingernail, eight one hundredths of a second. I was third place at our trials, and then 2009 was when I broke the world record and was world champion that year, and then. Went through to 2012, made the team, retired after that, and 10 years ago, which is crazy. But Holy shit. I, I, I feel like I met you right after that, right? Right after. I moved to LA in 2014. So, God, so I guess not right going. after. I know I was oh, in Seattle years, for a little while. Right after. But it takes so long to like figure out who you are outside of your sport. And I just remember I would, I mean, we met at the yoga studio and I would go and do like two or three classes. I would be at the yoga studio like all morning and everyone was like, Oh, do you work here? Do you like live here? What's going on? And I'm like, no, I'm just like an athlete. And so I just like got to yeah. sweat. And yeah. She goes now to the go, hottest corner takes the hot, yeah. hardest classes. And it's just I like, still do that. Hey, I'll see you after class. I'll see you after class. Yeah. But those yeah. days, I mean, I'm like a once a week kind of girl. I got a baby at home now. So I'm like my namaste time. And yeah. But I mean, I think like there's that part like that you, st I still like to sweat. I still like to get my heart rate up. And that's, I think always going to be a little bit of part of my identity, but yeah, the racing days, the race, but this is, and people are like, Oh, like I said, do you swim? I'm like, no, because I'm competitive. And if I swim, I need to be good. And I suck. So I'm like, <laughs> I ain't touching that. What's something yeah. you discovered? Like, can't, can't, can't even dunk anymore. What? I can't dunk. No, I gotta don't warm up I though. Know you my ankles are locked. My, my ankles are locked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I dunked the other day in, in a vineyard. I dunked the other day. I was a little, I was a little hammered, but I was good. Six foot run. I still made it. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. <laughs> Dude, my knees did hurt. hurt. I had no warm up <laughs> jeans, Air Force Ones, which is an extra ten pounds. I don't need. It's too much. But I got it. Put it in the claw. Wait. Okay. So, what's one thing you discovered you love now that you've had? 10 years of retirement, which really is eight. First athletics or just life? Just life. Like now you have options. So like you could do whatever you want. You got options. You got options, yeah. which is a weird thing to say, but you know, as athletes, you're I just know. like, I could do whatever I want. Well, so, well, so I'm a new mom. And so for me, it's all about like getting in, getting out concise. So I'm a Peloton girl. I got, I did mine this morning, got my 30 minutes done. Dust, Cause like I said, I need that sweat. And so I did that. We live in LA, so I like to walk. We go on a family walk every single morning, my husband and my baby. And yeah. Every I mean, morning. I have seen her. Literally I just, every like, morning. I see her every morning in like where I'm going back and forth and I just see her honk yep. sometimes. I don't recognize. Choo, how, many choo, people choo. Do honk at you? how many people honk at you every single day? Oh. Just because that's all. I see you every day walking. I know. I know. Well, that's what I like about living in a small community is like you have that like connectiveness with other people and you see people on the regular Walked by your house today, Richard. You weren't there. <laughs> no, wasn't there. Still not done. Still not still done. There. Still going. Still building. Still building. Um, well, Allie, go ahead. I, I just have a question kind of off of what Channing said, because I think obviously people understand in those um, that do not live under a rock. And sometimes that is me. So that's why I can say that. Um, with everything that's going on in current events, et cetera, you are our first swimmer uh, on road tripping. So there are a lot of things that we are... Um, looking forward to talking about and having a conversation on. But before we get there, I think too, like 
as much as we are closing in on the month of March, obviously International Women's Month, it's also the 50th anniversary this year of Title IX. And Channing brings up a good point. You found, um, or, or what is it that you found outside of sport, right, since you've retired that you enjoyed doing? But I want to know how hard of a transition that was and like what that was like for you um, as you kind of navigated to this new space in, in life. Well, I think so much of our identity is tied up in the things that we do, you know? So it's easy to say, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm an athlete, I'm a, you know, swimmer, I'm a this, I'm a that. And, you know, I think when you do something for so long, you tie up your self-worth in it as well. And so when you're not touching the wall and having very concrete measurements of how you're doing at your craft that you get paid to do, it's a transition, you know, like I don't tuck my toddler in at night and he's like, great job, mom. Like you crushed it today. Thanks for another, you know, like see you tomorrow, 10 out of 10, you know, like I like crawl out of his room. Like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Am I failing at this? And I think that's one of the beautiful things about athletics is it is so concrete. There are winners and there are losers. And I love that side of it. And I think it was a big adjustment for me to figure out how I defined success outside of the pool, um, how I chose to grow as a person, um, the things, the work that I you know, wanted to dive into and learn about. And I think it's an ever-evolving process. Um, and I'm so grateful for my swimming career. I think it's one of those things that um, taught me so much. I, I think that athletics are a beautiful place because they allow you to test yourself and they allow you to suffer defeat and learn how to get along well with others. Like even swimming is considered an individual sport, but I mean, we're in the pool all day, every day with, um, you know, other people We're competing constantly. Um, and that's why I think that, you know, the discussion we're going to have today, I think is so important just because I think that sport or any kind of activity, whether it's music, the arts, anything that allows you to test yourself and test yourself against others is incredibly valuable. And I think the lessons that you learn carry through the rest of your life. Um, you know, even watching my sweet 18 month old boy, you know, throw little temper tantrums about what he got for breakfast or, you know, somebody took his favorite truck at the park. Like, I think that one of the beautiful things is with swimming, I was able to test myself on a world stage. I failed on the world stage and I succeeded on the world stage. And those are lessons that I'm continuing to learn from and that um, I think are really valuable for um, what I carry through with my life. Tight. No, I was actually like, damn. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, look at all these lessons of my kids throwing spaghetti on the ground where I got to clean it up. <laughs> That's a lesson. Don't give them oh, spaghetti. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely, yeah. yeah, they'll definitely. Case in point. No. Yeah, case in point. The other day, my kid ate ketchup for dinner, so let me just. Dude, our kids that. eat butter. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, butter sticks. Ugh. Oh, dude, salt. Yeah, kids are disgusting. Yeah, oh, what did my dumbass kid eat the other day? What? I don't even remember. Little Richard. Oh. Like, is, is that what you really want to do, bro? <laughs> but it's also funny when they hate when they hate. When they hate on something, like it, like they'll like, like give them cabbage or something, and the look on their face, which is other, you know what it was, you know what it was, it wasn't that, it wasn't that. I went to so running late to school, running late to school, and uh, didn't have time to make his breakfast or make his lunch or whatever. So I was like, hey, can you stop at Creation and just get him like some food? I was like, cool. So I go in there, I get like a little chicken, it has like pita, some hummus, and this. I get him a smoothie. You already know where this is going. I go, I, I go to buy it and it said $27. And I was just like, 
I didn't have $27 for an entire week's worth of lunch. And I'm buying, in high school, in high school, and I'm buying this shit for my kid. I have never disliked my kids more than my <laughs> Twenty-seven dollars inflation hit y'all hard for that hummus now. That must be hand pressed hummus. Oh man! Dang. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's it's uh, artisanal. 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 Well, is that what the word is? French. Well, what I've learned with my eighteen-month-old palate, and he's a pretty good eater. He likes salmon, burgers. What? What? He's a pretty good eater. But the more effort I put into something, the more he dislikes it. Oh. Like he literally once. He was eating breakfast and I opened the fridge and he saw something he wanted, like a sweet potato or something. He like pointed at the sweet potato, picked up his breakfast, dumped it on the floor. <laughs> I was like, all right. Happy Monday. Oh, so awesome. <laughs> Just like so little awesome. Awesome. What is harder? What is harder? Winning a gold medal or being a mom? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Raising a good mom. Come on. <laughs> ma'am? Did you say ma'am? No, being a mama. The O no, sound. We, we, we like the, we like the mess oh, with the, the O West. sound. Yeah. You guys are assholes. <laughs> I mean, there's lessons in everything, you know, like different kind of hard. Like, trust me, some days I wish that I could just like put my goggles on and stare at a black line for like 10 hours on end. Like that sounds like the best kind of like mind numbing, just like put me back there. But mother nothing sounds awesome. more miserable. <laughs> That's a, that's a great segue. Actually, Running. Ariana, you don't know this about me, but um, I will say because Richard, I actually do not think it's miserable. Um, I was a division one college basketball player. However, I swam okay. competitively for 10 years, went to zones, okay. um, et cetera. My races were breast yeah. and free. Uh, breaststroke right. and free. Yeah. So I'm excited about this element with you as well. I love um, it. Simply too, just because swimming, uh, it, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's an awesome sport. Um, with that said, um, I think this is, is the, um, it's a great opportunity to have this conversation, to open up um, the dialogue and the discussion with someone like yourself, obviously, who has competed at the highest of high in this sport specifically. Um, But with what is um, kind of at the forefront in in the swim world, especially, but reaches far beyond that. Right. So for those that obviously may not understand where we're going with this, just a little, um, dropper here, Leah Thomas, uh, obviously, uh, who is the University of Pennsylvania swimmer, uh, trans athlete, who now identifies herself. And Ariana, you, you use the word identity um, and so much as mm-hmm. athletes, um, what we claim ourselves to be and now claiming herself uh, as a woman um, has created some headlines, um, but it's much deeper than that. And and I think starting off the conversation, when you see this from someone like yourself who swam from such a young age to where you are now um, and have a, a greater perspective just of, of life, um, how do you kind of digest um, the conversation and what's going on? You know, I've had a lot of conversations um, with my husband, especially about this. Um, and I want to I want to start off by saying. Leah's done nothing wrong. She is completely competing within the rules that are set out presently. She has done nothing wrong. This is not about her. This is obviously creating headlines. And I think that this is an important discussion. Leah doesn't need to change anything. I am completely in support of someone living in alignment with who they truly are. Trust me, this is probably a discussion for another day, but I have fought for my life and my voice and my freedom. 
these last few years based on something that I went through through my swimming career. And as someone who knows what it's like to rip yourself in half and open yourself up to scrutiny, to speak your truth, I want Leah to live the exact authentic life that she wants. That for me is important. The headline that I wish that I was seeing was Leah Thomas competing at the men's NCAA championships. That is where I struggle with this as a biological female. And the story that kept coming to mind this weekend as I was starting to process or, you know, kind of think about this discussion and how I wanted to handle this, because I think it's a delicate discussion because this is a human being. These are human beings that are being affected by this. And it's, it's easy to, you know, comment on the way that someone lives their life. I want someone to live. I have no issues with the way that anyone wants to live their life. The issues that I'm watching and that I'm rooting for change right now has to do with how we're competing, how we're equalizing in the sense of, I want sports to be inclusive, but I think in order for that to happen, there have to be boundaries. There's a reason why Channing and Richard, you're not going to your son's basketball games and dunking on these kids. Like there's age limits. There are certain boundaries that allow sport to take place. And I think that these rules need to be taken seriously as we're trying to figure out what they look like moving forward. So the story I kept thinking of was when I was an age group swimmer, um, I was already pretty good from a young age. Ali, you mentioned zones. I competed at zones when I was 12 years old. And that was kind of the first like real breakout meet for me. Um, but there was this one swimmer who was the same, about the same age as me, you know, maybe a few months difference. Um, and he and I used to compete constantly. And when I was eight, nine, 10, 11, I would say that I beat him more often than not, or we were, it was pretty competitive. When we turned 12 and he went through male puberty, I never beat him again. And I think that as I was thinking about this and as someone who's 10 years outside of competing, you know, I, I would have felt that it was unfair if that swimmer had been allowed to compete at the NCAA championships or at the Olympic level, because I saw what took place in real time as he was going through male puberty, he blew me out of the water. It wasn't even a competition anymore. And it's, it's, it was hard for me to watch NCAs and see that play out in real time. Does yeah. that make sense? Well, what one, yeah. Well, one thing that I want everybody, you know, as you listen to this, understand, we are all having this discussion and everyone is putting themselves out there because, you know, somebody might be able to take a clip. It's like, oh, you said this. Like, no, we need to have these discussions. Like, I am probably the least qualified person to talk on this subject from the standpoint of Ali played Division One sports. You, obviously, an Olympic swimmer. Channing has three daughters, right? Like these are things that in, like impact your guys' groups and circles more than me. But I just want to make sure that people understand that we're just having a conversation. And that is something that I think is very, very important. And if in the middle of a conversation you disagree or you feel like, well, that's a certain way, it's like, well, the only way for this to truly get resolved or for, for this to come to a place of um, um understanding is to have these conversations and like again i don't know anything about zones i know about i know about the difference when i graduated high school at 17 and i was and i was playing against guys that were turning 19 three months later right so it was like we're all within the they're 18 i'm 17 but they're going to turn that extra year that extra year that some of these individuals have and you've seen it in men's sport that's why it is so commonplace 
for people to hold their kids back so that they have a competitive advantage against kids so they are six months, eight months, nine months older than some of the other kids within their grade, which allows them to be ranked higher, get better college opportunities, better whatever. So there, even with male sports, there is competitive. Like I said, I graduated high school at 17. I was still a McDonald's All-American channing. I'll explain that I to McDonald's you later too. what that is. So, um, so I was still, yeah, yeah. But I was 17 and I was literally playing against guys that were turning and just the physicality to your point. It, w- it was past puberty, but just the physicality from 17 to about 18 and a half, the way your body changes, even in that space is, is huge. And so, you know, for me, when I look at this subject and everyone has an opinion, some of them educated, some of them uneducated. We, we know that Leah Thomas did not win every event. She won, you know, one of the, I think, three or four events. So there were, were females that were beating her biological females. But, you know, Ali, you, you brought it up when, when we were talking about our discussion. And it was like, hey, she is doing so much to suppress her body, right? She's doing so much to suppress her testosterone. She's so much. But it's like, again, even in that statement, and I would, you know, maybe the next time we'll get a doctor on here. To, to discuss it, even in suppressing your body, you're fighting what your body does naturally. Like if there's not a huge statement within that, like you're trying to suppress your body, ideally so that you can compete and try and compete fairly, but you're still kind of suppressing something that your body does naturally. So I understand why people have so many questions and can get frustrated well, about I uh, actually made some calls. I felt like, you know, on these things, we don't really have these discussions and it's easy for people, when you just read the headlines, obviously you read the news and you go, oh, why are they doing this? But like, from what I've heard from a lot of really informed people, we have to start from the beginning, right? And you made a great point when it comes to puberty, right? So in certain states, people aren't allowed to even transition until they're 18 or out of their parents' house or like in Texas because their parents will go to jail. So like, if a kid knows whether they're transitioning from male to female or female to male, whatever they want to do to be happy, they're almost not allowed to do that, right? So I don't know Leah Thomas's situation, but if somebody in my question was this, if a a person who was born a boy wanted to transition at a younger age before they hit male puberty, which is a big step, and they only compete in female sports, to me, as a father who has girls, I would have no problem with that person, she, whatever they identify with, competing on that level. Yes, they've had, you know, seven years of being a boy, but they have not competed or practiced against or fully developed in that lane, quote unquote. Hopefully I'm saying this correctly. To me, what makes it wild and needs to be not wild, but what makes it unfair is that Leah Thomas had uh, almost 18 years of being and having that body before she started to transition, right? Which you are competing now in practice every day, how you approach yourself. If a greyhound practices with cheetahs every day and it goes and competes with greyhounds, he's going to be like, or she or whatever the greyhound is, is going to say, well, I, I go faster anyways. And even in my thing is like, we got to make a set of rules that are, there's no real answer, but you can't make a set of rules that apply to everyone because there are so many individual situations in each state 
that are that are different, right? It's like, well, I couldn't transition because my parents would disown me. So I had to wait till I was 18, but I've been competing. Or I transitioned when I was 12, but I'm still six, eight. You know, like, uh, like, how do you, what are the right rules? But, you know. Go ahead, Allie. I think that's where kind of I get confused as well, because reading from Leah Thomas and Ariana, I, I'm grateful that you prefaced with how you, you did in terms of you, oh, she's sure. done nothing wrong, right? Um, everyone deserves to own their truth and live their truth. And, you know, you read that, that Sports Illustrated article and not, maybe having that, that, um, intimidating feeling of coming out and being able to live your truth. And, but there was a a quote in there that she said that she made this change knowing that she may never swim again. And at that point, it tells me that it's not necessarily about the sport, but it was so much deeper for her, right? It was about being able to live and live freely. And, And when you think about that chaining to like what you said, like, you go back to like high school when she felt, first felt that need, desire, want, but it wasn't until years later that she's able to fully come out and live in that way. So there are, to your point, a lot of individuals that are probably feeling it at an early age, but don't have that ability to actually recognize and then make the change and make the move early enough to what you said, Channing, where right. it wouldn't really make a difference. Um, in terms of before puberty, after puberty, but I guess like Ariana, like when I don't even know, I'm just going to be very keen. I don't know what the next question is in terms of like, you know, cause there's just so much here, but I guess the one thing like I even took from what you said originally is you, why did you want it to say men's NCAA championships? Well, I've, yeah. So though she's a woman now, you want her to still compete. For me, you're for me, and this is where, and Richard and Chaney, um, I think you both were talking about, um, like, we all need more information. You know, like, this is a very, we're very early on in this discussion. I think that we're in the learning stage. And um, if there's anything, I want to constantly be evolving and learning and I will admit I'm early on in this and I will probably say the wrong thing. And that makes me nervous. I'm, I'm nervous having this discussion because I know that it's, there's a human, there's human beings that are, you know, um, as topics of conversation here and, and they're people and, and they're, you know, Leah is somebody who is fighting for her truth. And I think that's important. The question that I have is, I don't know, because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist. I don't know if there's a way to stop puberty. You know, I don't know what kind of chemical substances or, or what kind of things as somebody I've taken hundreds of drug tests in my swimming career. And, you know, I, I don't know what kind of impact that has on the body. If you can actually halt the body's natural process to um, go through puberty, we, we just don't have the answers for that yet. Ali, the reason why I said men's NCAA is, is, is I recognize Leah, however she wants to be recognized. And, and Leah is a female. I think that as far as the information that I have and as far as the emotion that I have based on a female swimmer, a biological female swimmer, I think that she should be allowed to wear, dress, act, say however she wants. But as a biological male, I don't think that we have enough information yet to allow her to compete against biological females. And 
And that that's it there. That that's it. We don't have enough information. And like again, when I say when we say enough information, that means that this information needs to be spread to the masses so that people understand. Because right now everyone's making their own assumptions and I don't want my daughter and I don't want this and blah blah blah. And everyone's saying this. Well, I understand just be, you know, when you look at the statistics of, you know, suicide and transgender and especially in the African American community. One area that I think is getting lost on this is like we also have to discuss the mental well-being of the athletes she is competing against. That one's getting completely lost in this discussion for rights and equality. And I feel like in that space, look, Elena Deladon came on here and we had a conversation about trans interambity. And she was like, hey, look, if you think that people are transitioning and they're going through this for a competitive yeah. advantage, you're missing no. the point. No, one's a, uh, no, one is a, no one is accusing Leah of no. doing that. What I'm saying is that there are women like yourself. There are women, there are women that have, you know, trained their whole lives, as has Leah, and are, you know, but they have trained trained as biological females. And, you know, then you have Leah who, you know, trained as a biological male and then transitioned. We don't understand the competitive advantages on that. We don't understand where that goes. And the best part about this conversation is that we can have it because we weren't going to have this conversation five years ago. This conversation wasn't even thought of 10 years ago. So if this is the way it's trending. These conversations need to be had now so that the next five and 10 years, things can be kind of brought to light or everyone as a group has an understanding because I know that that is difficult for female athletes. And the biggest thing why I think it's a, it's a real important issue is because men aren't getting impacted by it. Men are not getting impacted. Women are not transitioning to to males and then, you know, going and having an opportunity to dominate the sport or play well. I don't care how much testosterone that you were to give a six foot eight female, right? WNBA, whatever athlete, whatever. If you just lump them full of testosterone, the bodies are built different. Their bodies are physically built different than for them to go and say, oh, well, if we just gave them t testosterone treatments and had them transition to a male, they would be able to play in the NBA. It's like, nah, that shit ain't simple. It ain't that simple. Like your body's going to do whatever it is that it does, but like it's not going to all of a sudden give you the quick twitch fibers. It's not going to do all the things that men generally have more of. And I think, again, without you know, I'm not a doctor. I would imagine that conversely the other way is that if you were a male transitioning to a female, no matter how much estrogen that they pump inside of you, right, there's still going to be some actual physical yeah. differences, you know, because you have been a male for X amount. Well, of one years. thing that, you know, I was actually thinking of just a brief point on that too is women get their period every month. And, you know, like that's just a part biological women get a period every month. And that affects some women in a different way than others, you know, and the way that it affects our performance, the way that our body is processing that. And, you know, this, this is so hard. And, and even listening to you talk about mental health and suicide rates makes me want to cry just because I feel like this is such a sensitive topic. I feel like this is so important to have these discussions. I have a, I have a sweet little 18 month old boy who I, hope to bring into this world with empathy and compassion for the way that other people are, the way that other people live. And I hope that I have enough clarity in myself and my words so that he knows that no matter what he chooses to do in this life, that I will love him no matter what. That is 
the basis of the way that I am approaching this conversation, the way that I hope that Leah is supported and so many others, because at the end of the day, sports are amazing. They're great, but it's just sports. I retired 10 years ago. I'm not still thinking about my glory days, you know, like, I mean, there was I some, do sometimes. Yeah, like there's some good days that we can all reflect <laughs> back on. We're in our office and our, and these are my husband's diplomas. You won't see anything Richard, where's your diploma? in our house, which is hilarious. My husband, <laughs> Where's my diploma? Uh, I got drafted uh, after my junior year. Learning is cool, Richard. You know, decided to take my talents. To well, I, I think. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but you go, is, you go. Yeah, no, go. No, I, I, I can't even remember what I was talking about. Other than this is important. The mental health component is also monumentally important. We don't have enough information. This should be a continuing discussion, and and I hope that. You know, like, it's so funny, because when I, I say it in my head, the, the I say something like, um, you know, well, it's not fair. It's like, life's not fair. You know what I mean? Like, we all know that there are some people who are seven feet tall, and some people who are five feet tall, like, there are certain gen, like genetical, genetic factors that make somebody better than the other. And I think that that's an important thing. But uh, it's just hard. Like, this is a hard, this is a hard conversation. And then I would be lying if I said, it wasn't emotional watching NCAAs and and really feeling so much empathy and compassion and also admiration for Leah for the fact that she stood there and, and in her interview after her race, she said, I'm just trying to block out the noise and compete. That's what she wants to do. And when she transitioned, she didn't know if she'd be able to compete again. So what a gift for her to be able to compete. I, I'm assuming she's retired after this. I, I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't think she's made any kind of announcement. I don't think she has any more college eligibility. But that's another discussion where it's like, okay, you know, you get a certain amount of years of eligibility. Does she get more now? Is she or or those are more rules and more discussions that I think need to be taken into account of, okay, she only competed for one year as a female. Does she get three more? What's up? With that said, we're going to take a pause for a second because guys, I do actually want to ask you um, about something that we have all been gifted and have been trying. Um, and I'm a huge advocate of it. I actually want to take a couple, couple weeks, <laughs> love me some Jesus, a <laughs> couple weeks before I actually gave my little assessment on it. Um, athletic greens. We're all using it right. Every morning. You said, you said pause. You said pause. Wait, why are we pausing? Are we pausing From the, the questions? And we're going to talk about athletic oh. greens for a hot minute because it just reminded me when it comes to the energy in which we bring to the podcast. Um, every time I have been using athletic greens for the last couple of weeks. I know that you guys also have yours. Rich, you actually asked for more because you loved it so much. Yeah, my, sh- my shit's um, almost gone. Oh, mine's definitely. Yeah. Gone. Are we fans it, of can it? You, can you drink too much of it? Like if I wanted to have it, like, like, is it like, you know how like people like grab a soda, grab a drink? Like, is it weird if I mix some of that shit in water and just like, uh, this is what I'm going to drink. That's actually meal? a really good question. I don't know. You can never <laughs> have too many <laughs> greens. That's a good question. You're I, just more am vegetarian I, am I than counteracting. Else? Am I counteracting the half scoop when I drink it with Popeye's chicken? Oh, how does that God. work? Does it off balance the grease? Okay. Well, first of all, if you're only doing a half scoop, it is a scoop a day. And I was going to say that you could drink too much. I feel like if you put more than a scoop of powder in eight to 10 ounces, one big gulp, I feel like if you add more than that, it's a little probably much. 
Oh no, no, no. I'm just saying the frequency in which I can drink. It. I've been very good about oh, like multiple, drinking multiple it, times a day, drinking it, but I'll drink a bunch of water with it. First time, like for, that'll be the first thing I put, like, you know, the first thing I have in the morning, especially when I'm working out. So I'll have that first. Uh, I actually Googled it and it said, you should wait 30 minutes before you have like any coffee or anything. So I you try did. and have that. <laughs> yeah. I try and have that first thing and then I'll get my day going. Then I'll have like, you know, I, I like bulletproof coffees, ghee. Ch- Channing put me onto that shit one day. I'm like, Channing, what the fuck it's is delicious. this? delicious. So Channing put me on that. It's delicious. The MCT oil, the bulletproof. So that's what I have. But but that to me, that's how I've been starting my day as I'm trying to get my 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 body back. Yeah, I was. That's what fat. I was gonna say. You I guys are big. Oh, you guys are big um, on the workout game. Even though post career, is, Ch- and I is know Channing still? Can be a is big Channing part still? Of that. Uh, actually, yes. Part. I've been doing intermittent fasting because Kevin's uh, wedding is coming up in June, so I got to start now. Give myself a little head start. So I don't really eat. Uh, breakfast until after I do my workout, which is basically based on protein. And so when I drink my uh, greens, uh, it keeps me going through my workout and I feel good. Don't get lightheaded. And I can't show it to you too much, too much. People, I, I just got tested still, are from the NBA. Bulking? Are you still bulking? Are you yeah, still yeah, bulking? bulking season, Doug. It's spring. Just in case anyone cares, Athletic Greens has over 75 vitamins and minerals that is good for immune support, gut health, clarity, brain fog. We've all been taking it. We all love it, uh, which is why we are now able to kind of have the conversation. We support it. So to our listeners, we want you on board if you would like it. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free... The Athletic Greens says it's pretty good, y'all. Free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is head over to athleticgreens.com slash road tripping. Check it out. I was literally going to ask the 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 dad on the, on the chain, right? Like you have yeah. three daughters and you understand like what, you know, teaching them to be strong, powerful women, giving them voices, enabling them. Look, I know your wife, but I know she's going to do 99% of that. But like you do have a 1%, <laughs> you know, you do have a 1% uh, to add to that. So it, it, it's like, what are these what are these conversations? Have you again? I know you're so far away from even remotely having those conversations, but like, how do you think that those conversations will go with your daughters when they go to ask you that question? Because there's a lot of people that are not even open minded enough to have this conversation openly. Like I think first, that. right in in any situation, especially like this, you're going to have your initial reaction based on your bubble, based on like how you live and who you're around. And I'm not a lot around. I'm not around a lot of trans people, um, uh, and in people in that community. And that's not a choice. It's just you know because of COVID, I just been here. But for me, thinking about. Like, you know, and I'll go back to this is we were like, maybe Leah should have competed versus the men, but does she have extra security? And like as much criticism as she's getting now, imagine if she had beat the boys. What does that do? Like people would have been even more mad. And then we talked about their like psyche. What does that, you know, and, and as ignorant as people are in this country, Right. What happens to her in that situation? Where does she does she go to a separate locker room? Is she like we're so at the beginning stages of this and it is uncomfortable for everybody, but you can't make the correct decision or have these conversations if you don't think about that situation. So who is she supposed to compete with where she's feel not only feels safe, but like 
Again, if she just ready to compete, everyone wants to compete and be good. But nobody, like Richard said, nobody's doing this. Nobody's transitioning so that they can win NCAAs. They're like, I just need to be happy. And this, it just so happens that I do this and I'm getting allowed to do that. And so when I talk to my girls about competition, they got to run their own race. Like I only played two years of high school basketball and I played all four years of college Right. So high school varsity basketball. So like then I went four years of college. I made the league. But like if Richard saw me when I was 14, if you would have told Richard when I was 14, will this kid make the NBA? You would have said, hell no. But it all of a sudden I started to develop. Huh? You were already bigger than you were already. Yeah, I was taller, taller. Yeah, I was like 110 pounds. <laughs> but again, everyone has to run their own race. And yeah, until there's no right answer. But until we get in that situation, and until we have to address it, we need to get all the information from each side and deal with it individually, since there are no across the board uh, rules, whether that's each state, whether that's NCAA, whether that's saying, hey, if you transition and it's after puberty, you can compete, but at this level. And then if you are a biological boy or girl, you get to be on the highest elitist level because you've done that through the ranks. Now, I don't know if that's correct or whatever, but I think that would satisfy your compet- your need for competition, but it would allow you to say, hey, you are a biological woman. You've, you've done this for this long and you are rewarded for that. You are the best at your thing and male, you are the best at your thing for right now. I don't know the rest, like what, how else to explain it? Because this is one time I've been, I'm 38. This is one time this has happened. And the problem is, is that she won, which is the awful part. If she had never won, if she had just been, you know, 20th or 15th, people would have said, okay, no problem. My thing too, like for you, Ariana, is like being in this, the swim world in space and understanding what that life, that grind is like, what, what is your advice to swimmers now, those that may be around her, maybe not? What, what is it that you hope to see yeah. come out of this uh, along with the discussions and the conversations and, and the change? Well, Channing, you made such a good point and, and that really made me check myself when you said um, that you tell your girls to sw- stay in their own lane. And I think that that's so important. And, and I remember when I was young, I used to get second place a lot to one swimmer in particular. And my mom What's always used to say, on any given day, anyone can win. And <laughs> no, I'll say it. her name. See, there we go. She, she oh, no, you were second to so, an Olympic uh, gold medalist. Oh darn! Yeah, tell us her name. Tell us her name. No, no, no. Wait, see, the, com- the competitive part of her won't allow her to give her oh, no, credit. Not that she doesn't like the person. She's just like, oh, okay. Because I would never. I still say fuck Duke any chance I get. Duke is the team okay, we play. Wait, who is the Duke swimmer? Is, Who's the Duke swimmer? Duke is the team we play her, in the final four, Jane. I'll explain that Katie to you. Hoff. She's amazing. We're actually like, our birthdays are like three months oh. or three days apart. And I remember when I was younger, I used to break a uh, like national age group record on the West Coast to find out that she'd broken it three hours before on the East Coast. She grew up in Maryland. But we ended up eventually training together. And, you know, she's she's amazing. She's done incredible things for the sport. But it, it's interesting when you think about the things that you can control, you know, I mean, this is like the human experience. Control what you can, leave the rest. Like, what's the point in like worrying about things that you can't? What's interesting you know, as I'm watching this and my husband, I talked to my husband all weekend and I was like, do, do I say anything? Like, do I have anything to say that's a value about this conversation? What would I wish 
the conversation sounded like if I was still competing, if I was the person that got second, third, fourth, if I was the person that got ninth and left out of the final or the one who got 17th and got left out of the competition, what do I wish the conversations being had were about? And I think that's what today is about is having open discussions so that we can hear other perspectives, the way that we're all learning from each other right now and, or be able to gather information from other people. And, you know, maybe the next discussions are with doctors or scientists or people who are are adding um, their voice in that way. But I think for me, when I think of how it would feel to get second place to Lee at NCAA championships, I, I have to say that I would say based on my current knowledge that it would feel unfair and it just take my, the swimmer that I competed against when I was younger, I would feel sad. I would feel upset. And Richard, you brought up a good point about the mental health component. As somebody who has had a lot of therapy in their day, I feel pretty educated to speak on this. Like, I'm not kidding. For the last four and a half years, I've had therapy almost every single week and I value mental health. I value somebody living in alignment with who the heck they say they are, because for me, and I'm going to get passionate about this because I feel that Leah and others need to hear like, hell yes, be whoever you want to be. Like, that is what I want to instill in my child is like, whatever you want to do. Am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's way too early. Like, yeah, yeah. We normally get drunk. It's just a little normal. early. <laughs> call, call me back this afternoon when it's too early. But, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. like what I want to yell to Leah is like, you do you girl. Like, fuck. Yes. Like who cares what anyone you're competing. I love it. Be you. But the little girl that's next to her, not a little girl, a grown woman, like, I also feel like I need to say, like, are you okay? Like this, this feels unfair right now. We don't have enough information about if you should have won or not. And that makes me sad. That breaks my heart because I know how important these moments in time are. I also think that the people who are left out are going to learn some valuable lessons from this. If they have the community and support around them to learn the lessons about themselves and how they feel like the human experience this is just a freaking playground. We're all trying to figure out how we feel when someone pushes us over, how we feel when we get tested, when we succeed. Are we good winners? Are we bad winners? What does that look like? I remember my mom always used to say, like, if you're not happy with your race, don't you dare throw your goggles. Don't you dare throw your swim cap. Like you save that conversation for at home. Like you will shake that person's hand and you will exit the pool deck. And there were plenty of times that I had extreme disappointment and I had to go deal with that on my own. I had to go learn hard lessons on my own. And I hope for the athletes now that they feel safe with the people around them to have those discussions, to be able to say, like, I think such a huge part of mental health is being able to like say things as they are. Like, I don't feel like this is fair right now. I feel sad. I feel angry. So like having a toddler, you know what I mean? I'm like, my, my son's name is Whitaker. I'm like, Hey bud, I get that you're angry right now. Like you're allowed to feel anger. You are not allowed to hit mommy at target. Like, you, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Phoenix was a, Phoenix was a puncher. Phoenix was a scratcher, a face scratcher. He would do that to you. Go like, this, this is, this is like a big puncher. discussion. And, and I think this is even outside of this kind of discussion where it's like naming your feelings, being able to be okay with 
how we feel rather than suppress things. And that doesn't mean you can be a bully. That doesn't mean that you can, you know, like tear others down. I think that we can approach every conversation with empathy and a, and a willingness to understand or at least listen to someone else's perspective. I don't live in Leah's life. I don't live in her body. I don't know what it's like to be her. I don't know like what it's like to be her teammate or her mom or her dad. I have no idea. But what I can do is have open discussion. I can try to put myself in someone else's perspective. I can feel compassion for the journey that they walked to get to where they are. And I can try to do better next time. That's all I'm doing right now. Yeah. Well, the t- t- yeah. Well, you I got mean, to. You got it. Does emotional about this. It does give you an emotion. Also, no, no, no. I know, but that's no, but that's okay. Just, just, just for full, full disclosure, this is no lie. This is no lie. I think Leah won the night before, and the next day I go into the yoga studio. Allie's there. I think Allie and I have had a discussion. I hadn't seen you in a couple months, other than just on the drive bys. I hadn't seen you in the studio, and so I see you in the studio, and you're like, you're like fired up, not in a mad way, but just in like, there's just so too many questions. I, I just don't understand. Like this is, the, I, I can, I, you were very sympathetic for all of the people that just didn't understand and were confused. And you were like, look, I get it. And so I was like, we got to talk about this. And we understand that we are entering into a very delicate space. And that's why we're having conversations about it in a very delicate way. It's because imagine the, uh, I'm not going to say for certainty, but let's play this game. The women that were competing against her in the, in the finals that she won, she did have other races that she lost in the finals that she won. Do we think that their friends and family, do you think that they were saying positive things like, hey, good job, you'll get them next year, champ? Or do you think that they were saying negative things about Leah Thomas? Most likely negative. So we can just say the energy when you talk about asking that girl, are you okay? Asking the girl that got second or or fourth off the podium or ninth and didn't get, like, are you okay? How are you feeling about this? Because you can't say fuck somebody's feelings when when you're going through the human experience. They're dealing with something that no females before them in the swimming world have had to deal with, a male transitioning while in college. We need to make sure that they are okay. Also, it's not just Leah. I think we all have a responsibility as a society. Um, you can take it even more singular in terms of the NCAA, uh, the swim world, um, however you want to look at it. But well, NCAA, nobody fucking trusts them. They're the fucking worst. But you know, as They're we can, worse. as we've done our research and we continue to sit here, uh, one other thing that kind of arose in my my reading was you know, the future mm-hmm. and what's next. And if you continue or do not choose to have these conversations that we are having, um, if the NCAA does not put in the work uh, to figure this out, and Which they won't. that it's done right, mm-hmm. it's not going to change for the future yeah. and it's not going to change for the future of women's sports. And that's scary. Yeah. And that's a place that obviously uh, we cannot enter. And you, you don't want that because as you guys talk, Channing, no. especially you, three girls. You don't want that for your, your children, you know? Um, and so kudos to you as a dad for, for being uncomfortable and not feeling, um, 
you know, uh, the jolly go lucky man that we know here on this podcast every day, but you stepped into this territory to have the conversation, Ariana, to sit with us and be so candid and everything with your experiences and Richard, someone who says you're very unqualified, you have a lot to say and you do your homework and, and we all have a place in it. And I think that just to have this conversation was important. Um, and I'm glad we took the time to do so. Um, yeah, I knew so with that said, if there's anything, take a shot. It's a game. Um, um, is there anything that we, um, could, could still add to this? Is there anything that we left out? Anything that you want to say, Ariana, in terms of this that we didn't cover? Um, Well, I think just with Richard, when we ran into each other the other day, it was emotion filled. And I think like multiple times during this discussion and even over the weekend, I felt like I've wanted to cry just because it feels like an overwhelming, it feels like an overwhelming discussion that needs to take place because I can see every perspective and and I, I want to be able to see every perspective. I want to be better educated. Um, and, and there are so many components to it. I feel deeply for Leah and I feel deeply for her competitors. And I, I hope that we can find a way forward that feels fair. I don't know what that path forward looks like. And I think that that's scary um, in a way that is hopefully exciting in a way that hopefully opens dialogue to have these kind of kinds of conversations, um, not only around sport, but mental health. Um, you know, I think that the last two years, just to kind of bring it back to everyone, we can all relate to what it feels like to try to find out who on earth we are, um, try to live in alignment with that, have no idea who we are, feel isolated. Um, you know, Channing, like what you were saying earlier, like we, we're, we're all in our little bubbles right now. And I think that it's this, we all have this responsibility to break outside of that. And myself included, you know, that was one of my hesitations about going on this podcast was saying, I like my anonymity right now. I like just being a mom who goes to yoga once a week and, you know, getting to have passionate conversations with my husband about this. But, you know, I, as a former swimmer and as, you know, now a, a parent, I think that this conversation needs to be had. I I wanted to come on here and be transparent and, and say things that might not be the popular opinion because for so long. And and I know, you know, like what it's like to be an athlete where you kind of don't want to say anything. You don't want to be the outspoken one. You don't want to be the complainer. You don't want to be the one bitching about everything. Like I get that. But I feel this responsibility now to to just highlight um, what might not seem fair in the situation so that we can better understand how we can make things fair moving forward. And only you can do that because you're the swimmer of our country. So we are uh, so glad to have you on. Okay, well, I will properly close this episode thank you, thank you. out. Um, Ariana, you are wonderful. Again, thank you so much for, for taking the time spending with us. We'll have you on and we'll dive into so many more fun things Ooh, as well. Um, so this many. is obviously a very important yeah. conversation. Um, if, you, if you are a fan of Road Trippin', please rate, review, subscribe. You know what to do. Call us, leave us a text. 6575-CALL-RT. That is our number. That'll do it for this edition of Road Trip.